Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Bengal Tiger Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Shay Dixon. Shay, it is 12:39 a.m. and I'm feeling great. I'm still feeling great because I was in Tiger Stadium today, yesterday, I guess. So I'm good. How are you? You've got to get up for U.S. Open tennis tomorrow, let alone football, NFL. Busy day, busy week. Coco Golf won the U.S. Open. LSU won their first game in Tiger Stadium, end of 2023. Um, yeah, good vibes all around. Cal might be Auburn right now. Who knows? Just college football, you know? Well, I think one thing in LSU won 72 to 10 tonight against Grambling State. I think one thing we're seeing right now in the SEC West, at least, Bama loses to Texas, LSU loses to Florida State. Mississippi State has to go to overtime to beat Arizona, who's not that great of a football team. Auburn and Cal are down to the wire here. Yeah. Ole Miss was on the ropes at halftime against a backup quarterback for Tulane. I'm not quite sure. A&M goes to Miami and gets blown out, which I didn't yeah. see coming. Um, conference is looking a little wide open. I don't know what it all means, but we'll see. Wide open. Wide open. That's a good place to start. Because um, even through the good and well, especially the bad, I know a lot of LSU fans like to focus on the bad, which we'll we'll talk about it a bit. Uh, we've written about it. We've you know, I think covered it at length throughout the past month. Uh, there there is question mark. There are question marks with this team that we'll cover, but ultimately every team has their question marks at this point. I mean, there's there's no team, especially in the SEC West, that is bulletproof. This is not a normal year for obviously you know Alabama, like you said. LSU has a loss now, AM. So all not all of LSU's goals, but you know, a lot of 
what LSU still can accomplish this year is on the table. Like, I don't think they're going to run the table go 11 and one, like I predicted, but you know, it's on the table. Uh, maybe an SEC West titles on, um, on the table. All this stuff is on the table. So let's talk about this game. LSU grambling. Where to start? Um, well, I think the po- we got to start with the positive, positive right? And yeah, positives. they had 11 drives, the offense. The first 10 drives all went for touchdowns, and the 11th drive with Ricky Collins in was basically them just running it out to give Grambling the ball back yeah. with a minute or two left. And they went for it on fourth down and just ran the football again and just gave it – like they could have kicked a field goal there yeah. and or thrown it or whatever, and they just said, hey, look, it's we're winning by 62 points in the fourth quarter. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Score – I don't care really who you play to score 10 times. Touchdowns on 10 straight drives is impressive. And that's what you wanted to see is a crisp offense that even if you had some drops, even if you didn't execute here or there, you got down in the red zone, you scored, they went eight for eight in the red zone. It was, and there was an explosive, there were many explosive plays. They worked the middle of the field a bit, uh, throwing football. Mm -hmm. Chris Hilton got a deep ball thrown to him that he took for a touchdown. Uh, Daniels finished. 18 to 24, 269, five tutties. In one half. So it's a 75%. Uh, Nuss four for six or 48. He was really in the game when they were running it. He could have had a couple of touchdown passes. Uh, <laughs> Shelton Sampson dropped them both, yeah, but give me six for six for with two touchdowns on the adjusted stats. Yeah, yeah, they uh both looked fine, solid as you'd expect. Um, yeah. Jaden missed on a few throws, but it overall had a solid night. I, I'm not going to pick apart anything on the offense now. I will say there's two things I think we've learned here and not necessarily position-wise, Matthew, but I'll let you chime in. One, the receivers appear to now be Malik, Brian Thomas, Kyron Lacey, Aaron Anderson, and toss in Chris Hilton, given he did get to get out there tonight, scored a touchdown, played early on. Because the guys we thought of after that didn't come in until the very end beyond Shelton Sampson, and he drops the only two pass attempts he had, finished with no stats. So, if you're going into SEC play, Kyron Lacey caught all three of the passes he was throwing to tonight. BTJ had another big game, two touchdowns. Malik got his first touchdown. Aaron Anderson had a nice little red zone kind of catch and run where he almost scored on. Uh, and then obviously I mentioned Hilton. Um, so your receivers are kind of set to me right now until we see something different. And then the two guys at running back who did not play last week or didn't get any touches. Uh, Logan Diggs was a coach's decision not to play because he had not practiced fully. He comes out tonight, goes for over 100 yards on 15 carries in his debut, nearly eight yards a touch. And Caleb Jackson, the true freshman, you love him. I like him a lot. Fans love him. Finished with 11 for 62, two touchdowns, ran hard, saw the holes. And those guys, Logan Diggs said after the game, um, I was listening to post-game radio on LSU. He said, hey, look, shout out to the O-line because – they blocked well for us tonight, and we actually had room to run. And when we do, we saw the production uh, over 300 yards rushing. So I'll let you take it. It's an inferior opponent, but I do think that at least we've got some clarity in terms of, okay, and Josh Williams averaged about seven yards a touch. So yeah, maybe your top three running backs could be Williams, Jackson, and Diggs. I'm not sure. Um, but then the receiver seems set, set in stone for the moment. Yeah. No, no, for sure. Um Starting with the running backs, because that's the more interesting position to me. 
I mean, I kind of want us to just take, you know, take a moment to, you know, pat ourselves on the back because Logan Diggs is who we thought he was. Logan Diggs is the running back that we wanted him to be. We hoped he'd be coming from Notre Dame. He's the running back that rushed for 820 yards last year while everybody else on the LSU roster rushed for about 500 yards last year. Um, he is he has a certain pop when he runs. I'm not saying he's the most explosive back I've ever seen, but he does have a pop to him. He can break tackles. He's creative. And that's what a running back one looks like to me. Um, now, obviously, you know, Leonard Fournette or whatever, you know, you can go down the list of NFL um, running backs that LSU has had and that other you know programs have had. That Those are, you know, elite running back ones. But I think if you just look for a baseline, high floor running back, Logan Diggs provides that. And then you get to Caleb Jackson, who we've talked about at length i mean just endlessly and what he's able to do i think he's just the most talented back on in this room he has the potential to be you know an nfl back in the future and so that's where um you get to those two in my opinion the two best backs on the on the roster with john when john with john emory out um and then you sprinkle in williams and kane now do i think they're going to play caleb jackson moving forward in sec games I still probably wouldn't bet on it, but at this moment, he's working his way towards that. And I think that's a big development. Receiver-wise, I don't have a ton to add. I think you summarized it well. Malik's Malik. Brian's Brian. Aaron is Aaron. Like They're all kind of – we knew what they are. Uh, Chris Hilton is the big takeaway from this game, though. And if there was a worry or if there was a weakness on the offensive line in week one, it was the right guard spot we did see – Lance Hurd come in, get first-team reps at right tackle. That moves Emory Jones to his natural position, playing the interior. Uh, he was in at right guard. I'd have to go through. I'd, look, we're watching from the press box. I don't see every play. They weren't facing any elite edge rushers, so we don't really know what he's going to look like in pass pro. But he's a big kid. When he gets his hands on you, he's moving you in the run game. So Brian Kelly said afterwards he'll dive into the film. And Matty B, I don't know. Maybe we are inching closer. I don't know if it's next week, but – I would be surprised if next week Zaylon's Heard was not getting a rotational reps at some point against Mississippi State. Brad Davis has not been afraid to do that in SEC games, especially early. Yeah, it feels like it's it's getting close to being time. Um, you know, you give him these reps during the season. You give him these reps in Grambling. Um, I just think it's blatantly obvious how big he is, how strong he is. and the, So from a physical perspective, he's there. Mississippi State, I, I don't remember everything off the top of my head when I did their their film or their uh, team breakdown. I don't think they have the most dynamic defensive line. I know they have good linebackers that return all SEC guys there, but like we'll see. I, I do think he gets reps, but how much is the question? If Miles Frazier continues to struggle, though, I think they turn to him pretty quickly. So that, that wouldn't surprise me at all. Um, and then Mason Taylor leaves the game uh, with, I believe, he, uh, sprained ankle. But, yeah, uh, LSU Radio said that he could have gone back in if they wanted, but they were up big, and yeah. you know maybe he he'll have that thing spatted up and good to go for next week. And I don't think he's missing any time there. Yeah, and um, then, I do want to say real quick on special teams uh, before we get on to defense. I, I was gonna talk. I was gonna say quarter, talk quarterback real quick. Yes, real quick. Um, because I I think you, you touched on it well. Um, Jaden Daniels did what you wanted him to do. And all I ever said, all I said about Jaden Daniels in this game, and I, I mean, for actually 
the entire offseason, <laughs> including the Florida State game, was he's very good. He is very good. I didn't expect this team, which, which we're going to talk about, the defense. The defense having a little bit more holes than I expected. Because of that, Jaden Daniels has to be even better than what he is, I think. And that's where Brian Kelly said after the game is like, look, there were a couple throws, he, a couple plays he left out there. And my point and the Florida State game and in this game, those plays have to be completed flat out. If this team is going to get to 10 wins at 10 and two, or like, you know, if they're going to reach those goals, those can't be left out there because the rest of the team, it's a good team, but it's this team only works if Jaden Daniels is playing at that caliber of level where he's the best quarterback in the SEC. And through two games, he's very good, but he hasn't been that level yet. And I think we saw that when you miss those throws, it just, those are going to hurt you in games and they did hurt you, you know, in, in the Florida state game. So we'll, we'll see moving forward, but I think Daniels is still, you know, far and away, very comfortable, very patient, poised. I loved what I saw from, from that perspective. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how he uh, continues to improve in the Mississippi state game and beyond Garrett Nussmeyer. Come on. I mean, you see the arm talent. We'll see, you know, and next year, what, what it looks like when it's put together, but uh, the arm talent is the arm talent. He'll still play some. He'll play some this year. There's no way he's just sitting on the bench all year. Um, but we'll see how it unfolds. Uh, we do want to give a shout out to my perfect franchise. Um, you guys know Andy Ludicky, and many of you have already reached out to him. Uh, but he, uh, look, what he does is in the name of the title. Uh, anyone who's interested in becoming a franchisee, learning more about franchises, it has obviously taken off and boomed uh, over the past couple of decades and. More and more people are jumping in. Are you ready to leave that corporate rat race for the American dream? Or is it just a side hustle uh, while you keep working your current job? Uh, it's ways to diversify, build wealth, leave a legacy, pass them on to your kids. Andy's here to help. He's a friend of the site. He's a friend of On3. He's uh, kind of been running with a lot of us uh, on different sites and uh, helping a lot of people out. But he is a franchise consultant as well as he owns a number of franchises. And what his job is now is just helping people uh, find a fit, whether it's your skill set, the money you've got, kind of financial requirements, uh, how much time you've got to put into it. Uh, everything he does, 100% free with his services uh, to get going. Uh, any questions you have or about business ownership, he can help you out. Uh, but hit him up, Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. That's A-N-D-Y, Andy at MyPerfectFranchise.net. Or give him a call, 404-973-9901. That's 404-973-9901. Andy at My Perfect Franchise. Or you can just go to his website, myperfectfranchise.net. All right, let's um, let's move on. Um, quickly, very quickly here on special teams. Uh, they never punted, so we didn't see Bramplett. Uh, Ramos hit all of his extra points. I don't know if anyone else ever came in and kicked extra. I could look, I guess, but... Um, they hit all of their extra points, which was good. The only surprising thing was that Aaron Anderson was not the punt or kick returner, and Brian Kelly said that he would be. So I was a little surprised with that. Greg Clayton was. Um, Anderson maybe got one punt in the third quarter, and he mm -hmm. just caught it. But we'll see what happens there moving forward. Again, Greg Clayton catches the ball for you, but he's not going to give you anything really in the return game because you were putting him out there to say fair catch it and just get the offense the ball back. I that's going to have to develop more moving forward yeah. defense. Okay, Matthew, I'll let you 
just give me your thoughts here after I tell you, yes, LSU midway through the second quarter went on eight, the next eight drives to end the game, uh, five punts, one safety, a pick, a fumble recovery, a turnover on downs, no points. That's great. The first three drives of the game, Grambling went up and down the field all three times against first-team defense. Touchdown, field goal, missed field goal. But it could have been 21-13, start of the second quarter. It ended up being 21-10. That's not what you want. I'll let you dive into any players or things of note. But I sit here and I offer that up to you, Maddie B, on a night where the secondary was very poor in tackling. Omar Spates has been now two games where I don't really – I haven't seen anything from him. Yeah. Perkins moved to edge rusher. They brought in Penn. I like that, but Perkins finishes with one tackle. Mason Smith played, but he had one tackle, and then he came out. It's – there's still something – a good bit left to be desired yeah. here. It's underwhelming. I think that's it the is. word I, I use. And I, I use this that in, in my uh, rapid reactions – if you combine the second half of the Florida State game with the, those first three possessions of Grambling, you have an insanely bad run of defense. Like 547 yards allowed, 41 points on eight drives. That's seven touchdowns. Um, I'm sorry, five touchdowns, two field goals, and one missed field goal, which was a chip shot. So really five touchdowns and three field goals on an eight-possession stretch between Florida State and Grambling. Um it's it's unacceptable, really. I mean, flat out, bottom line, no way around it. To have an eight-possession stretch like that between two games, and one of those is an FCS opponent, like we talked about, Grambling State, it, it's it's flat out unacceptable. And um, I, I, I agree with you. You know, the rest of the game, they were fine. They adjusted. Brian Kelly said they made the adjustment personnel-wise. They were in their dying package, and they were getting run on, so they – changed to their buffalo front and they fixed that but this it, it sounds like what we heard last year right where it was like oh you know the first half we were figuring out and then we made our adjustments well it's like okay well we saw you play a good team and florida state and either those adjustments didn't work or you didn't make adjustments so now i don't know what to believe because now it doesn't feel like harold's perkins and albeit it's only one game grambling whatever all this stuff it doesn't feel like Harold Perkins is impactful. And it doesn't feel like Mason Smith was as impactful as we, we wanted him to be. Um, and then you have your corners, which we obviously you, you started on the front six, but then you have your corners getting, I don't want to say picked on, but thrown at by Grambling State. And I think we'll, we'll talk about Denver Harris later because I think he's, he's still a very good player. But like, I just don't, it doesn't feel like an SE. It doesn't feel like an LSU defense that's ready to take on the SEC. I think that's the way I would say it right now. And it doesn't feel like they have everything ironed out. And because of that, I am concerned going into the SEC play. Yeah, Chance Williams, um, local kid, Scotlandville running back, cool. uh, went for over a hundred on him. They gave up more than three hundred total yards. Like I did not if, – if you were to give me like all these prop bets, a grambling running back going over 100 yards with a long of 36, it's not like he broke an 85-yard yeah. run. I mean, that – I did not see that coming um, again, but kudos to Chance Williams. 
Miles Crawley, their quarterback, ultimately they just took him out of the game, but threw for about 150 all of it in the first good. half. Uh, threw some dimes, actually. Yeah. Uh, made some good plays. I just – Major Burns had a bad night tackling. There were other guys who had poor nights tackling. It was not – look, it's 10 points. It's grambling, but you also expect a level of execution that wasn't well, there. Well, last year they – they dominated Southern. Yeah, Southern's better than Grambling. Yeah, Southern's better than Grambling. They dominated Southern last year. Again, I 14 points were off the Nussmeyer interceptions. Um, and that the third the three points I think uh, came at the very end of the game um as a to backdoor that 49 point spread. Like they dominated Southern last year. And so I went into this game saying, All right, they're not they're not getting past seven, that's for damn sure. And then I didn't think they would get more than like six, three. But here we are where not it wasn't one possession. It wasn't two possessions. It was three straight possessions where Grambling ran it all over you, threw it on you. And uh, like I said, you have an eight-possession stretch there where I have no other course of action but to be concerned going into SEC play. So, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of panic going coming from there. Do you want to talk about the secondary? I mean, I think at this point we kind of know what it is until we see. Well, I mean, Denver it, Harris in particular because we hadn't seen Denver Harris. Well, Denver Harris and Ashton Stamps got early yes. run, and so, Ashton Stamps is a true freshman. Denver Harris, being a former five star, transferred in from A and M. Neither of them saw any action. Denver didn't even travel, and then yeah. uh, Stamps didn't see any action last week at corner. We knew they were not going to be able to go all year with Deuce Chestnut, Sage Ryan, and Zay Alexander as your only options at corner. So we've now seen the next two guys. Brian Kelly said those two guys are going to play a bigger role moving forward. That means that there is going to be some shuffling at corner. I almost feel like they're hitting the reset button and say, okay, let's see who's doing it in games. Like those guys won the jobs coming out of camp. Who's going to win them in games? And maybe that's what's going to be telling here um, in the coming weeks. That's a good way. That's a good way of phrasing it. I I don't want to, I have to rewatch the game. I want to rewatch the game. Before I say anything outlandish, maybe on the ma- on the mailbag, I'll say I'll, I'll look at it. But um, if I go back and watch the game, and Denver Harris looks as good as maybe I think he looked, I, obviously he got that touchdown caught on him. Like, sure, nobody's denying that. Um, but ultimately, I think Denver Harris might be the second in corner right now. We'll see. We'll see how it plays out. I don't know. I have to go back and watch the tape. But, um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all if Denver Harris ends up getting one of the starting jobs, which feels feels um a little bit too late. But ultimately, I don't think even if you had Denver Harris against Florida State, they weren't winning that game. Like, there's nothing. The Florida State game is so far behind me right now because I just think Florida State's a better team and a bad matchup that it's just like put that away, look at SEC play. And, you know, if Denver Harris becomes what we think he can become, you have a very nice corner out there. So we'll see. Um, yeah, else? I was trying to look at um, – oh, well, they – okay, Mississippi State played Southeastern last week. So uh, – but even in that game, uh, Will Rogers was the only quarterback who played 20 of 29 for 227. Mississippi State beat Arizona. They had to go to overtime to do it. Will Rogers only went th- only threw 17 passes, 13 for 17. They ran the ball with Jaquavius Marks 24 times for 123 yards. Could have just been a matchup thing. 
But well, I think that we think of state uh, and we think of, oh, they're going to throw it 50 something times. That has not been the case with state the past couple of weeks. They've leaned on the run game more than the Mike Leach era did. Yeah, they hired Kevin Barbet from um, uh, Appalachian State. I've watched Appalachian State um, vividly um, or closely, I guess, when they played North Texas in a bowl game a few years ago and they ran for like 400 yards on them with that outside zone play. They're very much an outside zone. uh, He's an outside zone type of coordinator. So we saw today, you know, maybe the edges didn't hold up in the run game like we liked against um against grambling so it, it's they, yeah they're not going to come air the ball out i do think they trust will rogers though and um so it sets up for an interesting matchup will harold perkins and omar spates and greg Penn be able to you know stuff the run a little bit we'll get into all that as this week progresses but it's, we'll, uh, uh, we'll get to a lot more of this in the mailbag we're about to sign off here but i did also want to give a shout out to the Weeks brothers, uh, I liked Wit and West tonight. I thought they played well. They got a lot of run in the second half as yep. first-team unit guys at linebacker and looked good. So they've got a little depth there if they want to toy around. Any other shout-outs? I'm trying to think. Deshaun Womack um, had some hits on special teams. Yeah, yeah, Deshaun Womack had a monster hit on special teams. So that was Deshaun Womack. We thought it was Princeton Malbrew. Well, he was wearing 92. 92. He was wearing was 92. So they were, like, they were playing so many guys that – guys are switching jerseys like on special teams to go back out and play on defense. So that was Womack with the big hit. And then he moved back into 17. Uh, but a lot of, uh, a lot of young guys got out there. We'll talk more about that mailbag, obviously, yeah. but um, even Ricky Collins, they got a, Everybody was getting in uh, kind of into the mix tonight. Yep. And now it gets real. Well, it already got real, but yeah, it, now it gets real. really real. Yeah, SEC play, you know, like, Going back to how we opened the podcast, SEC West is wide open. Yep. If you go six and two, you're probably winning the West, uh, depending on whatever tie breaks. Or yeah, whatever. tie break up. Yeah, probably. You know, Alabama. I I said it going into the year. I thought Florida State was a tougher matchup than Alabama is for for this team, and I still believe that. So, um, all around, the goals are still in front of this team. We'll see how they go on the road at Mississippi State this coming week. Uh, Monday mailbag. We'll be out. It's weird because I'm looking at my clock and it says Sunday. And so I'm kind of thrown off. But yeah, Monday mailbag will be out. Then we'll get recruiting and um, all that stuff. We'll get into our Mississippi State prep. So thank you all for joining us. Uh, leave a five-star comment uh, or five-star. Sorry, it's, it's late. Five-star rating. Uh, wherever you're listening, Apple, Spotify, leave us a comment, share, subscribe, and a like on YouTube. Thank you all for joining us. And we will talk to you all later. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's $200 to use on point spreads Money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on three and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets.
Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Fanduel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050-427 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE. NY or text Hope NY in New York.